Well, here we go. Episode five of the Chase Merrill podcast, the 52 project. This is the first year of uh, doing this podcast. And I knew the project of 52 project was something that I needed to start with. And today I'm with guest number five, uh, the, the fifth, not necessarily in order. Let's be clear. My wife, my wife was number two, but Riley easily could have been number two. Let's be honest, Holly. Oh. I love you, but you know it's true. <laughs> uh, of the of the fifty two people who, who have made an impact on my life and are still making an impact in the world around them, that's what this project's all about. And uh, so, what an honor and a privilege for me to have my buddy, my best friend, the best man in my wedding, Riley Silva, with me today. Welcome, dude. Man, I'm pumped. This is uh, a lot of years coming. Yeah. How have we never done a podcast together? Well. We've never we we did we technically did one. Oh, we did, we did, we did uh, for uh, youth ministry podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah. with yeah. Wes. Yeah, that that uh that that next gen kind of leadership podcast. But it, but we've never had just me and you. No, like right. It was never. We haven't had this kind of moment where it's just unfiltered. Riley Cole Silva, Chase Andrew Merrill, here, yes. you know, kind of kind of thing. So. Man, what, thanks for taking the time and uh, being here today. And, you know, I know we have a lot of overlap with people in our life. And so I'm, I hope that whether people that know us or know you uh, or not, I know they're going to be really encouraged and blessed by today's conversation. And you know uh, who I really want to hear this? People yeah. who went to Whitney High School with us. Whitney High School. Wildcats. Let's go. Dude, you know what's crazy? I'll, I'll have to tell you about some names <laughs> later. Uh, I've had okay. some people. I've had some people reach out to me for Whitney High School since I since oh, I launched no, this uh-huh. podcast. That that like I'm not you know consistently connected to, and yeah. uh, and it's been cool to hear from some. But yeah, I, I agree. I I hope that some some of our high school alma mater yeah they are. get to be uh, a part of this a part of this uh, journey here. So bro, yeah. you're here because you are like I mentioned in the beginning, uh, one of the most impactful, influential people in my life. You you are my best friend. You've been my best friend for uh, a long time since uh. Our our friendship inception was was around thirteen, if I'm remembering yep. it all correct. Yep. In fact, in fact, I've got something to uh, I've got something to show you. Hold on. Okay, it was Granite Oaks Middle School. For those of you who don't Granite, know, Granite, yeah, Granite Oaks Middle School. Is that what yeah. you said? Granite yeah, Oaks Middle School, eighth grade. Uh, the 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 moment that changed my life forever was it was at a, a snow camp. We called it snow camp, like a winter camp with uh with yep. our with our youth group. Which at that point I didn't really know you, but uh, but I knew you a tiny bit from middle school at Granite Oaks. But dude, I found this picture. Uh, if you've probably seen it before, but if not, I'm gonna bring it up and see if you can. God. see it. Oh, let's go, me and Trev. <laughs> There's I... so many future just junior high, high school romances behind us. <laughs> just potentials, just <laughs> sprouting. Oh, just the blossomings of. The junior high romance, dude. So I was in the seat in front of you. That picture was taken because my parents made me go on this snow camp, you know, kind of trip to try to get to know some kids at church, which I was not pumped about. I recognized you from middle school and I, they gave me this little pull, not Polaroid, but little, yeah, maybe, no, no. What's it called? The little disposable, disposable. Kodak, the Kodak thing. Yeah. So they're like, Hey, take some pictures. And I was like, all right, you know, here's one of the first couple little, little did I know that that moment uh, of really wow. kind of meeting you would then turn into a lifelong uh, friendship journey of at, at this stage, 18, April will be 19, you know, years as we turn 32 a week apart from each other in April. Uh, but bro, just uh pretty, pretty insane. Wild. 
wild because you don't know you don't know a moment's a moment until it's passed. Right. And right. I I didn't even want to. I wasn't super connected to youth group at the time either. Yeah. My family was kind of going through through some stuff there, and it was like, all right, time to get plugged into church. And so right. it was really right. And you had just moved here from Mammoth, so yeah, right, yeah, that was Trans- fresh transition time. I was fresh into the Rockland, California area, and uh, man, that trip that trip changed my life, and I know it changed yours, you know, too. There, there was something that happened. The Lord really moved in you that trip that that winter camp that began a progression of. I mean, because dude, let's be honest, you were our, as as an eighth grader. Um, the, the amount of just absolute swagger and, <laughs> and like, and like, you know, if, if you can even call it sexiness, I don't know if you can, and it might not be appropriate as an eighth grader in this way, but like, there was this, like yeah. you, you had a, you had a, a an aroma of a, a vibe around you that just not only attracted like the prettiest girls in school, but also like the cool guys, like the guys that wanted to be around you as friends. And I was always looking at you being like, dude, this dude, first of all, is super short. Like, and I was so short. I was so short. short. I was short, yeah. but, but you were shorter at that time. Yeah. And my, my, my best friends at the time, I don't know if you remember, uh, I'll say the names because who knows, Brendan Lane, Pat Stover, uh, all these guys were over six foot as eighth graders. Right, right. And so, so I'm like four, nine, four, eight. These dudes are so t- so much taller than me, and I'm rolling around with them. But you call it swagger. Uh, it was definitely just whatever I could muster up to <laughs> to compensate for my lack of height. Bro, you had such a confidence, and and even if you, even if it was some effort of compensating, people were people were drawn to it. And uh, I was drawn to it, but I just felt like it was untouchable for me. It was like you had a crew of dudes that were your dudes and i was like just trying to figure out what who what him who am i and who's even going to tolerate and like me here as an eighth grader uh brand new school eighth grade but what happened after winter camp was that because we had a connection at that camp coming back into school for the rest of the semester of that year before high school um we we connected on a friendship level and and then really around like god stuff too and that was like really for both of us where like god started becoming more real than like ever before moving into our our high school years yeah and it was like it was probably at that age that god allowed us to have some cool experiences with him at that camp just moments that even now i look back on and like wow I, i met the lord i i had a moment where god spoke to me or i felt his presence in a undeniable way and so given the fact that I was kind of that kid, even through high school who had one foot in one foot out here yeah. and there, I was kind of had these friends who were not necessarily serving the Lord and living that way. So I had that. And then I also had, God gave me the gift of Chase Merrill throughout high school who, I mean, whether he was, he knew he was that, or you knew you were that or not. I was constantly like, I probably shouldn't go to this party. Chase going to hear about it. Cause Chase was like, he was the Christian guy. <laughs> But somehow he pulled off being like the popular, cool Christian guy. You were, well, uh, you were a, discipling me in that in that world. You were teaching me what I needed to do to at least yes. try. Yeah, yeah. Like if he wanted to to do something cringe uh, at lunch or something, I'm like, hey man, let's let's not do that. <laughs> so we we were a good balance. We do. We were. We were. <laughs> we were. And 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 we've rem- we've remained a pretty good balance even in you know after high school and we did it we did we did we did an internship together i'm just <laughs> oh kind of <laughs> kind of 
I'm just laughing. I'm not laughing at the internship or anybody involved. I'm just laughing. No. <laughs> I'm thinking about that season, bro. And uh, we came. That was a big deal. We graduated high school, came into, uh, and, and man, let's let's acknowledge we had the best youth pastors and youth ministry. No doubt in the world it shout out no to, doubt. to kyle and marcia bethke pastor kyle marcia bethke uh who are are some rider rider ride and dies ride or dies for us here as yeah. uh, mentors and people in our life that were our youth pastors uh they do they made the way they made youth ministry like the like Bro. so much so much like bigger not bigger in the size of music although it was big they just made it like so much bigger than like you could ever imagine youth ministry could be like worth diving all into with the Lord. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was not just this thing that you attended. It was, Hey, uh, come be a part of something that's going to transform your life. And you, you bought in and it wasn't because of, I mean, we had some cool stuff. We had like fat night. I remember that we had a massive food fight and we had fun stuff, but like they were always people who got into life with you. And that's the first time, I met them was in the middle of a, a traumatic experience in my life. And I met Kyle showed up in the middle of it. He's like, uh, I'm the new youth pastor from Texas and the rest was history. And yeah. so they were foundational for yeah. sure. Yeah. And when, and when, when I think about so much of those formidable years in high school and, and then right after going into the internship that they were leading, I, I there's so many, even now been in ministry since graduating high school for 11, 12 years and, leading you know leading a church now and being a part of all kinds of different roles there's so many kyle's and marcia isms that are that oh come, yeah that come out of me without even they're all subconscious in my dna and yeah uh, and i freaking love it you know so yeah. so they had an internship that we were like yeah let's do it right out of high school and uh <laughs> i bro we won't get into all of that journey but at at the end of the day it was a two-year it was a two-year program yeah. Right. One year commitment, but you, you every, everybody, one year it. commitment. Yeah. I think like one intern in the history of that internship was, uh, did only one year. Everybody did too. Yeah. And at that stage, we were pretty much like just shoe ins for being, you know, just, just the, the top tier kind of yeah. internship material, you know, at, at least yeah. that's how, that's how I felt, you know? Yeah. Like us doing the internship. All both two years was expected. Like yeah. if you knew us in 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 the middle or high school group and college or the ministry, sorry, we were an obvious like yeah, this is what they're doing. Two yeah. years, gonna work with probably work on staff with Kyle stuff like that. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we uh we hit a hard hezzy at about six months in. Six months. <laughs> Dude, I six. told this story. I told this story last night. No I, way. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Uh, high school group last night and i told this story <laughs> so it's it's fresh the, the the just the gist of that was that man we there there was a lot of get, when we got into it there was a lot of you know when i look back immaturities on my part that when i think if i could have go back and do it all over there's definitely the piece of me that's like at least i wish i would have been a man of my word and fulfilled the commitment of at least that year yeah um, and yet as we took a step out prematurely at six months and uh and and left that to jump into other things you know when we i look back on both of our lives uh, the sovereignty of god was also all over that you know so yeah yeah i mean there's like there's a i could totally see where i wish i would have grown and just leaned in and committed more but then also the fact that like the lord just turned all of that 
uh, ultimately for for his good, uh, for our good and his glory. You know, totally. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's a piece of commerce here that still you know kind of hold like a. Oh, oh, Kyle still mentions it. <laughs> we went to dinner a couple months ago. He brings it up. Well, uh, <laughs> but he, so. He... Go ahead. I was like, what's so funny with that? All of that though is right. So, so we both quit early and yet like when you, <laughs> but we both like came back at one point and worked at and, and were employed by that church, that same uh, church. And yeah. we're probably on staff longer than anybody who yeah. was an intern for right. both two years. So I don't know. You tell me but who was that, right and wrong. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. But so we, we've been, we've been through a lot together and that was just, you know, coming into out of high school into our early adult uh, college years, which there wasn't much of that college. I think we each did like six credits at, at Sierra college, community college there. I I think I got three. Okay. Nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sociology of sport was my three credits I got. Let's let's go. That was cool. But, uh, but bro, I mean, the way that we've stayed connected over the years, um, through ministry you know because you, you did end up going back on staff at that church um and yeah. after after doing some bible college out in the east coast right uh and we're, we're there for several years how many do you, how many years do you know off the top of your head you were you at at destiny 2012 to 2020 so eight okay. eight years yeah. N- yeah about nine when it was all said and done yeah yeah uh and you know and, and that was the church that we grew up at we're talking about um yeah yeah eight eight nine years by the way like i think about that for a young adult for like a a, a millennial that's a that's a long time that's a long time i know that's it, like it was i feel like man. eight nine years is like you know in normal adult adult you know years like that's like eight years is like 16 or, or 20 you know like yeah yeah middle, middle age pastor kind of years kind of crazy but God used that church in a powerful way in my life to almost as an incubator to grow me in areas that maybe where I wasn't going to be able to get the growth uh, at home or other environments. God used that place and the leadership and the people there to just help me become who who I am today. So yeah. it was God's favor was on it. Yeah, yeah, it was. And man, just to honor that church and the people that have been a part of that, the leaders that have been a part of that, pastors that have been a part of that for a long time, I think about pastor greg and kathy who kyle and marcia they gave a shot like had it not been had it not been for their willingness to be like yeah these young guys from texas and and marcia was from the barrier newly married at that time they hadn't even they hadn't even had a kid like let's let's get these guys over here to be our youth pastors and and invest in them and then not only invest in them to get there but throughout the years that kyle marcia were our youth pastors to continue to go we believe in the youth ministry of the next generation and we want to pour into this so you guys have everything you need uh, you know, that kind of thing doesn't happen in every church. No. And, and, and not every pastor has that kind of willingness to go, this is going to be a value so that, you know, I, I believe in this. And so to just honor them in that it wouldn't have happened. It had not been part of that, you know, that you talk about the incubator, but part of that, that, uh, that, that church and, and the way that they did that, that I'm thankful for, uh, yeah. you know, but so you had eight, eight, nine years and then, uh, had a pretty significant transition out yep of full-time vocational ministry, which is a big deal as well. Yeah. Yeah. And you were paramount in the mix of all that, just because I had been feeling um, transition probably for two years before I had left. And Chase is somebody, you're somebody who I've always like, Hey, help me wrestle with this. What does this mean? Either partnering with me in prayer or 
given me encouragement through it. Um, but I had, I had kind of sensed like, I think God's maybe switching me, changing something in me, um, to take a step. And I thought that was going to be pretty quick. And what I've learned throughout my entire life is the importance of timing of God's timing. Um, and the transition really came down to God's timing. It was two years of almost being like, I feel like I know I'm not going to be here super long-term now, but God is still given me this ministry I got to be faithful in. And so it was this weird friction of what's next, but also honoring what's now. Yep. And which is so hard, uh, to, which is so hard to do, by the way. Dude, it's, it's brutal. <laughs> um, and so I remember you gave me a Genesis chapter uh, 12, verse three, uh, of God speaking to Abraham. And he says, uh, all right, Abraham, you're going to go to the you're going to leave your father and mother's house, their land, and go to a land that I will show you. And you gave me that in a moment of encouragement. And at that moment, I kind of put it in my back pocket. I'm like, all right, we'll see what that means. And then come 2020, COVID happens. And it's like God reminded me of that verse two years later. And it said, you're going to leave your father and mother's land, the land that you grew up in, and go to a land that I will show you. Meaning you're going to step into the unknown. Yeah. and it's going to be uncomfortable. And it was so awful, but needed for me. It was awful because it's uncomfortable. That unknown is so uncomfortable, but everything up until that point in my life was pretty, it was pretty easy in the sense of like, it was, it was just kind of the template was drawn for me. Right. I, I, my, my grandpa was the president of the Bible college I went to. So I got to go to Bible college for free, two years, kind of easy. I was back here, got an internship from Pastor Greg. Then he's like, hey, why don't you come on staff? Easy. Like, and then I was there for nine years. Right. So God kind of had to call me in my, I think for my development as a man. Yeah. That's the only thing looking back. I feel like um, it wasn't anything necessarily wrong. It was, I need to develop something in you yeah, absolutely. Um, that hasn't been developed. And so that's been my journey since then. Yeah. You mentioned like so much of your life story is, is really a story about God's timing and and timing in general. One of the things, one of the things that like, you know, so coming out of eighth grade swaggy, like got, 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 got all of the ladies at his beck and call uh, all the way, even through high school type of thing into young adult years where everybody still wanted you. And then especially when you got in a ministry, you were, you were the single young adult pastor for a while. And it was like, I feel like 70% of the people that were women that came there, it came because they're like, maybe I have a shot with. <laughs> well, uh, no, it was the, it was the anointing. It's right. <laughs> oh, that's right. That's what we're, that's what we call it. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, okay. Where, where I'm going though, is, you know, there was like, You'll have to give me your perspective here, but I'll, I'll share yeah. like mine from yeah. the outside, but being close to you at the same time. Yeah. You, um, you, re- okay, actually, let's take this. You recently got married. Yes. Ellen, Ellen Silva, my lady. You got a bride. Yes, I do. How, how long ago were you, how long have you been married? It's been seven months. Okay. Seven June months. 2nd. Right. So we're talking fresh. And- yeah. And and it's a great place to to, to celebrate. Homeboy, homeboy's got a little boy on the way. Let's go. Oh, Let's go. I can't. 
little little baby boy on the way, and I, I couldn't be more pumped. Oh, that's like the that's been my dream, dude. I've yeah. loved babies my whole life, but yeah, yeah I'm stoked. Yeah, and DJ, and yeah, I, I have more to say on that. I'll come back to that. So so married seven yeah. months, uh, pregnant, and you, you and your wife pregnant have a, a baby boy on the way. When when when's he due? He's due July twenty fifth. So, and here's where I'm, I'm trying to like connect these dots. That getting married, having your first child, did it happen when you thought it would have happened? Yeah. It was so delayed, it's sickening. <laughs> like, so, because picture, you know, back at that time when we were coming up through high school, all our, our parents, our youth pastors, everyone like that, they got married at 21, 22. Right. And so in our head, in my head, in your head, we talked about it. Like, right. all right, so once we go to college, we're going to find a wife. We're going to get married. We're going to jump into ministry. Pretty much that's how it's going to work out. And so that wasn't just like my idea. That was just how it went. Right. And so that's then how it went for you. You got married at 20. Uh, I just turned 20. I just turned 21. Yeah, I was, I just turned 21. So, and I'm the best man in his wedding. So right. I'm standing there, I'm right next to him. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Like Chase, Chase is up. I'm next. Right. I was, so that, that would mean that I was just 21. Had just turned 21 myself or about yep. two. Yep. And I didn't get married till I was 31. So Bro, that ten, was 10 years. 10 years yeah and it felt like it like yeah. it, it it felt like i felt like i was the children of israel in the egypt like just going through the wilderness because i thought that that was part of ministry that was just when i associate ministry i think i, I associate marriage with it every time so it's like and that's the expectation a lot of times for pastors you it's going to be hard to get a young adult job in another church if you're not married just because yeah. It's just not going to work like that. So yeah, it was it was a long time. So when you think about that, because here's what I know to be true: there's a lot of people that that's part of their story. There's a lot yeah. of people. There's a lot of people listening to this that, that will listen to this that that's still their story, and they're like, you know, what the heck? You know, if they're yep. follow if they're a follower of Jesus, you know, to some degree, they're like, what the heck, God? Like, why? I, I I follow you. I love you. I'm, I can, my life is yours, but like, I, I feel like I've been waiting, looking for so long and nothing has worked out or whatever, whatever the thing is and are sitting now in a place of their life going like, it, am I, it, it's like hopeless and, or yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm the, I've heard this statement before. I, I'm never going to find someone uh, or I'm yeah. never going to find someone that I, that I want. Cause there's some level people start thinking to themselves, how low do I have to start bringing my standards? Right well, to some, just right yeah. to some degree. I'm, I mean, I've had, I've had conversation with some guys, you know, in our ministries for the last seven to ten, eight years. That that's been a part of the like, you know, some of them. I'm like, yo, dude, like you have, listen, you're you're like a six and a half, seven, and you are dreaming for a nine or ten. It's not gonna happen. We gotta bring my that. guy low, lower the bar, my we dude. We gotta bring that. <laughs> we gotta bring it. We gotta bring it into a realm of of real of, of realistic reality. Because at this stage, you are dreaming and. uh <laughs> You're going to dream your way all the way, you know? Uh, I do think it's important to acknowledge here too, people that are listening that like, as we've grown in ministry too, I think we've seen the beauty and the power of singleness 
and mm-hmm. and and the biblical call to singleness being a, a very effective and beautiful call that God has yeah. for people. And yeah. you know, marriage is not the ultimate end goal. Like G- yeah. Jesus being a single, uh, Paul was a single. There's several examples through Scripture, and I know people were always like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah." You know, pastors always say that. That's those example. But the reality is yeah. like. It really is a call that some people feel and and can completely and totally experience an absolutely full life and yeah. not not be second class citizens or third class citizens because they're single and they're not married. Um, you know, I, I just want to acknowledge that because I'm sure people will listen to this. Totally. Yeah. But for us, you know, we did we did want to get married. We did feel called to to have a wife. Uh, but you lived in this gap for 10 years. Mm-hmm. And then t- tell me, tell me a little bit more just about the timing of how the Lord like brought how that happened how you went from like absence i mean you dated obviously you had you had a couple yeah. of like you know situations where you're like maybe but like ultimately none of them worked out yeah and then and then the lord brought you ellen which was really a a, a rebrought because yeah, rebrought tell me tell me more about that with when it comes to the concept of timing because i think that is going to be one of the things that really will encourage people to listen to yeah i think it's one thing to trust god with an outcome like I can trust God that this end goal will come to pass at one time but it's another level of trust to God or another level of trust to believe and and to surrender to God's timing of that outcome yeah and that brings you to a place of like uh, a proverb says hope deferred makes the heart sick but a longing fulfilled becomes a tree of life so a hope deferred makes the heart sick. That's where I was. I was in that place of like literally year after year after year. Uh, our church at Destiny, we would do a fast every January for three three weeks. At the top of my list of every fast was always wife, yeah. wife. And I didn't really, it wasn't a thing where it was like I was idolizing it. I, I felt like I did a pretty decent job of like, all right, well, this is what it is. I'm going to push through. But it did like my heart did get sick at some point where it's like, I'm watching some of the people get married that I'm like, but God, I was doing, I'm doing ministry. I'm working. I'm doing these things. I've been praying. Like, where are you? Um, and I think for me, I know actually that it, it was always just a matter of his timing. And yeah. so it, it was never about the one person. It was never about um, any of that. It was the timing and what God was doing in my life. And yep. the timing and what God was doing in Ellen's life. And think about how many times if you read in scripture, the Bible says, and when the time had fully come or, and when it had come to pass, right? that, that phrase comes up in scripture so many different times. And what you don't understand is that there was a lot of behind the scenes yep. for that, to, for those words to be written. There was things that God was doing that we don't even know. And so I would say to the person who's in that waiting season in any aspect of their life, you're not God. We don't know what he's doing behind the scenes. And chances are, if he's not working and bringing something together uh, in the timing that you want, he's probably working something in you. And that's what it was for me. It was, Riley, you're going to wait because I need to build your identity. And that's the only thing that I could, uh, you know, even looking back now, I don't fully understand all of it. And I don't think I'm going to on this side of heaven, but I will encourage 
that person to let you know it's like man if, if god's not giving you that season yet it's because he's still wanting to work some things in you and yeah. i would just be aware of what those things are maybe those blind spots maybe those immaturities and get around people uh get around people who are in the season you would like to be in and just be humble and ask and yeah. so and, and i will say because of that waiting season god led me and used me in a ministry that I would never have been able to speak into had I not gone through that. Yeah, absolutely. That that was going to be one of the things. First of all, that was uh, awesome, by the way. I, I'm excited to re-listen back to that and chew on that more just because I just think the truth of there's so much of that that I, I know is going to encourage and challenge people. The other, the other piece that I saw, I saw as an outside observer, you know, but again, being close to you along that journey was you didn't like, you didn't sit and pout. Yeah. As much as you prayed for, longed for, hoped for, dreamed for that that day and moment to come, and I, I wanna, who's my wife? You mm-hmm. you took advantage of your season, and and you still like lived your life full, and yeah. you, pour, you poured into people, and you had fun, and like you 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 poured and invested into relationships, and and and, and built people up with that. And I think one of the things that I, I do see in a lot of singles that are longing to be married one day that haven't yet it hasn't happened when they thought it would is a, you know, a decision that they have to make. Like, am I going to keep living? Like I do trust God's timing in this process in the outcome, or am I going to live like uh, where every day who I could really be for the people in the world around me is going to be hindered because I'm, I don't have what I think I need, you know? And I just, something yeah. that I saw, I saw you did so well. Like I never felt like you were held back by your singleness. If if anything, like you just mentioned, the ministry that you got to do yeah. and the way you got to minister and have that kind of influence with people, it was in large part because of what you walked through in that season of singleness. And, uh, and you know, I just, but I just want to honor you in that, bro, because like even our friendship, yeah. long distance, like obviously you're in California, I'm in, up here in Washington. Um, and, uh, and, and I was in California for a while still in that, in Modesto, but a couple hours away from you. <clears throat> You, you still found a way to like invest into those invest in me and those relationships in, in my marriage, in my kid and kids. Yeah. You yeah. know, like it never was like, Oh, this is like, well, it was me. It was like, eh, it'll come. But like in the meantime, like we got yeah. life, we got life to live. Yeah. And I, I think what's behind that is, uh, first of all, I think it's the idea of, am I, am I living a life of surrender and surrendering my, expectations and hopes uh because i think a life of surrender invites the grace of god yeah like if i'm living surrendered god his grace can come in and give me give me his grace to walk through that season um and i i kind of learned this idea or you know i think through this experience came up with this thought of like i've got to learn to pray with hands open yeah a lot of times we pray and say, this is the intended outcome of this prayer. And, we, you know, we do the whole thing where we treat God like a slot machine. Boom, we do this. I'll put this in. I'll get out what I, what I intend. But it's like, God, uh, Jesus gives us the example in the Garden of Gethsemane. God, it, it, Lord, if it's possible, Father, let this cup pass for me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And my grandpa always said, if you want God's will more than your own will, then you're in God's will. Say that again. If you want God's will more than your own will, then you're in God's will because yeah. the will of God is not a place. It's not a person. It's the posture of your heart. Yeah. And so God so is really after your heart. And so 
he'll allow, uh, there's a quote that says, God will often confuse the mind to reveal the heart. <laughs> That's not fun. No. But he'll, he'll do that to reveal your heart and he'll, allow me to go through a season that's a lot longer than yours, 10 years to say, okay, it's going to look different. You guys got different. I got different paths for you. Will you still stay surrendered? Will you yeah. still give me your heart? And in that, I think I still just trusted that God was good. And if I knew God was good, then I knew he had a future for me. And if it wasn't happening right now, because it wasn't good for me right now. And I just had to settle with that. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, so you, you've been married for seven months, uh, to Ellen, who is incredible, yeah. incredible, you know, by the way, just, I couldn't as a bet, as a best friend and somebody that's known you since 13 and all of these years of journeying through all of this, I could yeah. not have prayed for or hoped for a better, uh, bride, a better spouse, a better partner, uh, than Ellen for you. And, uh, yeah, dude. she keeps you on your toes. Like she's, she's nails. Yeah, she is. Yeah. She's, she's lights out for you, bro. And uh, I mean, just God, again, to speak of God's goodness in that surrender, like you didn't have to settle an ounce. Like nope. somebody needs to hear this today in the mm -hmm. wait, in the waiting and surrender. It does not equal or always necessi necessitate like you having to receive or accept less than what totally. God, God's best is for you. And, uh, and I think your, your marriage, you know, to Ellen is a, is a huge example of that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I met Ellen, my wife originally at a workout class, yeah. um, doing what I enjoyed doing. She happened to be the instructor, wasn't thinking anything of it. Yeah. We get connected. We go on a couple of dates. I really liked her. She had happened to the day that I met her was May, May 4th. No, I'm sorry, May 2nd, 2018. She uh, got saved the day before that. Like literally got received salvation the day before that. Jeez. And I'm like, and I really liked her. And I'm like, oh, this is awesome. But she just, she's so new. I'm leaning in young adult ministry. Right, you were, past I, you were pastoring. Yeah, I was pastoring. Right. And I wanted, I always kind of wanted to have a partner in ministry. So we ended up splitting breaking up or you know not going any further because she's like yeah i just don't ever see myself in ministry it's um nothing i like you but i don't see that and so she was kind of like yeah it's not going to work out that's may 2nd so we met may 2nd 2018 once i transitioned out of my 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 job at destiny i was kind of in that season of trying to figure out what i was doing i started attending a church called uh, bayside in the area um the church that i started attending Ellen happens to be really didn't know. She happens to now not only be in ministry, she's kids director. <laughs> so I run into her at church and Good Friday service in 2021. Yeah, 2021. She's preaching the Good Friday service and I, I'm watching her. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's attractive. <laughs> she's all these things. I'm not saying that it was the Lord saying, but I was like, that's the kind of, I want to marry someone like that. Yeah. yeah. And, and you're, I, you, you just transitioned out of ministry and she yes. just was transitioning into ministry. Like just thinking yeah. about, thinking about that time frame. Oh, oh no. Here's what happened. The day before that we went on our first date. That's it. Okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. 
we went on our first date in 2021 may the next day she preached and i was like yeah i think i'm gonna marry her three years to the day that i met her tell me something about god's timing yeah. you know what i mean yeah and anyway if that doesn't happen for you that way that doesn't mean god's not right in control and in it but i'm just saying it was it was cool for me to for god to be able to wrap it full circle and say hey i had you the whole time yeah so your your whole journey of of timing and even some of the like the difficult valleys that you had to navigate throughout your life you talked about you mentioned that one in high school right when you were experiencing something pretty traumatic in your life and family kyle marcia showed up and then the transition, you know, out of ministry in a church you've been out for eight to nine years, although, you know, in a different kind of way, it, it was still pretty significant. Like it was, you totally. know, had, had elements of like life change out of this, you know, relationships that were transitioning to in that space. That was a big deal. And then stepping into finding the right timing of the Lord with Ellen getting married and all around all that, you, you're there was another pretty significant like impacting thing happening. So it wasn't all like roses getting married. No. I mean, it was a season yeah. that like you were having to navigate. And, um, you know, part of what I, I mean, you know, I know, again, some of this stuff is it's personal. Some of this stuff is, you know, close to your heart and, you know, those that are involved, but like, I, I just knowing you as a friend, I've been so impacted by the way you have navigated some really difficult things, uh, yeah. in, within your family. And thanks, man. Yeah, man. I just like, I, I I love I'd love for you just to even share a little bit. So this whole podcast, the why of it, right? Like I, I I didn't mention at the beginning. I usually do, but the why of the podcast is that is that really help people get freed up from what's holding them back, so they can get built up into who they were made to be. Yeah, and you know I think like you walked into a season where you've been freed up from a lot of things that maybe you felt help holding you back. There was a, a transition out of a different, you know, into a different season of career and, and, and ministry or out of ministry may have felt like, okay, I'm, a, I'm freed up now in a different way. I'm not being held back in a different way to go be who God's called me to be or discover more of who God's called me to be. And then you get married or you find like you find the woman, you know, you're going to marry. Okay. Yeah. But maybe that's another thing that you're like, sweet. I'm not held back by this anymore. I can now go. And yet you, you still hit something and are walking through something that could feel like you're being held back in some way in life from really getting yeah. to experience all that you, you, you know, you'd want to experience. Can, can you, can you talk to me about that a little bit? And like, what is the Lord doing and showing you and doing in you like through this process where uh, you've been walking recently? Yeah. Yeah. Just to kind of uh, bring people into it without getting super detailed is you know i simultaneously was having the best moments of my life right and the rock bottom worst moments of my life all in one season um basically everything that i kind of knew as a family or family just got attacked on a whole nother level and what i would call for me uh, it was a season of just real suffering uh real disappointment uh real rejection Things um, and probably people can, without knowing details, understand the the emotion and the pain behind what I'm about to say is that it's those moments where it's just like, why God? You don't understand. There's really no answer, um, and you don't know what you did or whatever to deserve what you're walking through. That was um, the season that I was in, 
and just things happening to me that um, basically I felt like I was getting washed back and forth by the wind and the waves with no ground, steady ground to stand on simultaneously having going through some of the things that I walking in some of the answers to prayer, the marriage, the uh, ministry, the future that I was stepping into. And I, I even shared with you, I think a month or so ago after a a counseling session, um, I started going to, to therapy just to work on some of the, the trauma, I guess, and some of the things that uh, I was dealing with. And I felt like talking to my, my therapist. Yeah, that, let, me pa- let me pause you for a second because yeah. just, just sorry, hold your thought. I don't want you to lose it. Just to, I want to acknowledge you had your journey. Again, like we had a lot of parallel life uh, out, outside of the marriage and the kids side of things. Like we, we lived pretty parallel lives from, from eighth grade all the way through, right? Like outside of yeah, the, ti- yeah. ti- the timing of, like I said, marriage and kids, but like ministry, all that stuff, right? Boom, we kind of like, uh, and so because of that, some of that, like just how we were wired and built, very similar to uh, the at some point I'll share more of my journey on this podcast and maybe a future episode, but with like counseling and therapy. Uh, but you, you introduced me to, I don't, I don't remember when you, but part of the season you're talking about, I remember yeah. you saying like, I, I, I think it was at a, another local church or something in the area. Yeah. You yeah. began to go and, and begin to experience counseling for the first time. And I remember listening yep. to you talk about it and being, first of all, I, I've always was like a little bit like, eh, like, you know, yeah. like counseling is like, just not for strong people like me, you know, or like, yeah, yeah. like that's how I felt, you know, to some degree, I, I, I always recommended people to, they, they, they yeah. need, they you, need you counseling. Go. Yeah. <laughs> but it wasn't until you were vulnerable with me and you're like, yeah, I'm actually like going and, and getting some counseling to walk through some of this stuff that I begin to open my eyes and my heart to like, okay, if, if, if a dude like me, who I look at and I'm like strength, like mm-hmm. confidence, security it is, is taking that approach to begin to do that. Like may, maybe the Lord has something in this space that I need to consider um, that yeah. which really, which really cracked open the door eventually for me to, to really begin to experience some of those things that come through counseling and therapy. Like I, I'll get in another yeah. time, but I just want to say thank you because that, that I think yeah. where a lot of people, they can feel a lot of, unhealthy or negative things are the taboo around that world still even in min- especially in ministry i also think with guys there's another layer to it to some degree um i, I women and, and men obviously both but i think there's a persona or an expectation around guys more than women around strength and like you know i've got it all togetherness that yeah that going or experiencing counseling and therapy kind of clashes against some of that like imagery that we feel like at times we may have to maintain yeah you showed me a way that I had never really considered before. And so since then, like I have been going through and doing uh, counseling and therapy. Awesome. Right. Yeah. And it's changed my life. I'll talk about it later, but that, just want to pause that and say, dude, thank you. Cause you, yeah, of course you really, you opened up a door. I didn't even know needed to be opened or could be opened. So, uh, okay. Back to you were at you, yeah. just a month ago or so yeah. when we talked. Yeah, so I was filling you in on some of my therapy sessions and what I've been learning. Um, and it was actually, we were talking about your podcast because you were about to start your first yeah. first episode. That was before um, I started. And so we were, you and I, in the context of our conversation was like, you've always been such a, an incredible like dreamer. You start things and 
I've never been able to, like, I just don't start. Like I'm, I have a fear of commitment or jumping in at times. And I is going through this trauma with my therapist and just talking about, man, I felt like I've given up on dreaming. Um, I felt like I was yeah. telling him, like, I, I feel like this experience, this pain has robbed me of my passion for the things of God. I still loved that the Lord was still, you know, all of that, but I just, I stopped dreaming and I, I got stuck and I was like, I need, can you help me dig out of this? And my counselor is awesome. He's kind of this Mr. Rogers in his upper seventies kind of guy, just Let's very go. calm, Let's but go. to the point, he got a little sweater on all the time. <laughs> and uh, he, Gerald's his name. He leans back and he goes, Riley, there's, there's a difference between keeping a record of your pain and rehearsing your pain. Mm. And he said, the reason you're stuck is because you keep rehearsing pain. He said, Paul kept a record of pain. He said, I was beaten. I was shipwrecked. I was put in prison and he came bullet points his pain. But he said, if you ever have to describe what you've went through in over a minute, you're rehearsing it. Wow. He's like, it's one thing to share a, t a testimony, a record of your testimony. It's another thing to rehearse the pain because when the problem is what begins to happen is if you begin to rehearse the pain, your body actually goes back to that place of pain and you rewind the hands of time and you're back where it happened. Um, and then you go to a place of like, man, that's why you're stuck because you can't get beyond it. And that I was like, well, how do I, how do I like get to a place where I'm not remembering it all the time? How do I get to a place where I'm like not constantly thinking of what happened and, and even having dreams about it? And he said, here's the key. If you want to get unstuck, you got to understand you're not a victim. Just look me dead in the eye. You're not a victim. There, there's no such thing as a Christian who's a victim. Hmm. The cross should rid that of your vocabulary. Yeah. Because Jesus was beaten, slandered. He was murdered, falsely accused, spit in his face. Yet he still wasn't victimized. He said, no one took his life, but he freely offered it up. Yeah. He wasn't a victim. So as, because you have the resurrection power of Christ in you, you will carry your cross. You will have moments of suffering, but you're not a victim. Yeah. The idea of victimization keeps you stuck. There's a, there's an old fable story about a woman who, uh, and I read it in the devotional, um, a woman who was on her wedding day. She's about to marry the man of his, her dreams. And she's getting ready for the wedding. Her bridesmaids are in there. This is the day she's dreamt of her entire life. Um, it's 2.57 p.m. The wedding starts at three. So she's putting her shoe on. She's only got one shoe on and in walks her maid of honor. And she's sad. She's downcast. She says, I've got terrible news. Uh, your would be husband can't do it. And he left, left her at the altar, abandoned her. She kicked everybody out of her room and decided that she's never going to live beyond this pain. So she turned off the clocks and she lived her life for the rest of her life in that house, in that room, in that dress that was once white, now yellow and torn and shredded one shoe on 
the clock stopped at 2.57 p.m. And a lot of us mm. allow pain and trauma to keep us at 2.57 p.m. Yeah. with one shoe on, with the same dress, because we're rehearsing pain. Yeah. And I'm just here to tell you that the only thing that can keep you from God's plan in your life is you. Every thing that God has ordained for you to do is possible. No enemy, no circumstance, no abandonment, no rejection can keep you from that. You're the only one who can keep you from God's plan. Yeah. Only God wants, thing God wants is for you to partner with him in his plan for your life. And you're not a victim and you can get beyond what you're walking through, the pain, but you can't keep rehearsing it. You yeah. can't keep going back. You can't keep walking in that same thing again and again. And so I would just say like my counselor also said to me, um, you know, because I don't know how to get out of this. I don't know. I didn't know a lot of, you know, how do I start dreaming again? How do I start doing the different things that I feel like God at once had had for my life? And he said, Riley, you're not responsible for what you don't have a knowledge of. Hmm. So if you're in the middle of a, wait, why, God? Why is this happening? How do I do this? How do I do that? If you don't know, you're not responsible for it. God gives you a knowledge for things that you're responsible to. So what does that mean? God's simply asking you to believe him again. Yeah. And my counselor said, belief is this. It's the, it's the coming together of trust and faith. Faith means I believe what God can do. Trust means I believe who God is. Yeah, it's so good. And when you marry those two, trust and faith, you get belief. And if you can believe that God in the middle of what you're walking through is still good, if you actually can believe him again, you're not going to be stuck. Yeah. Because you're not a victim. You're a victor. And God's still good. Yeah. So good. I mean, it's it's hard not to see. I mean, I cut what I'm just what I'm hearing mm -hmm. to go, I don't know if this kind of revelation and this kind of transformation happens unless you actually are walking through something that is going to press it and squeeze it out of you. Yeah. Which is, yeah, you, which you is, have to have it. It sucks and is hard, but man, I'm, I, I'm just so thankful for the way, like I kind of said in the beginning, part of what I wanted you to share was because of how I'm watching you navigate really, really, really sucky things, you know, yeah. and pe yeah. people, are, people go through and walk through sucky things all the time. And, and, and and even acknowledging, like you mentioned, like you were simultaneously experiencing the greatest like heights of joy you've been longing for for years, while at the same time, like the greatest depths of sorrow and grief and pain uh, and heartbreak and how the Lord is in both. Yeah. Like yeah. he's he's not anymore in he's not anymore with you in, in the heights of the things that you've been longing for as he is in the depths of the heartbreak that you're experiencing, he's, he's as, he's, cl he's as close Good. to you in both. And, and I, and I've watched you embrace that, you know, and I think that's part of why what's coming out of you is coming out of you. Yeah. And and it's going to help a lot of people, man. Like, you know, that's the other thing I'm recognizing. Like it's not even just about you and the journey that God is yeah. walking through. It's because he is going to use you to be a example, light mouthpiece, 
to the people that so many others that are walking through or will walk through a similar thing to go, man, there's a way there's hope in this. And and I'm a living proof by the grace of God that, that there is hope to hold on to. And there is, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is another side that God's God's got that's, he's producing something that's worth going through this. And um, man, just so respect the heck out of that. And I'm challenged by it and uh and thankful for the way that you've you've navigated are still navigating it you know as you're you're taking things day by day and um so just really proud of you dude thanks man couldn't have done it without people like you in my life i you know it's it's a gift to be able to know that any given moment any time even if i don't connect with you in that moment i know that at any time any day of the week i could call somebody yeah if i sent an sos Yep. you're there you know yeah yeah not only that you'd fly over yeah that's a that's a pretty powerful tool to have <laughs> yeah yeah and i feel the same way in it's it's a it's a it's a friendship that's been forged at least for the two of us because i know you have others in your life that you just acknowledge like that but for us it's a friendship that's been forged uh through years of of the fire at times and then also some just freaking fun times you know crazy things uh that people wouldn't even understand you know yeah but we got to we got to experience together and i'm so thankful for uh well man wrapping up the 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 episode today you know like like i've said throughout it just that the why is helping get people freed up from what's holding them back to be built up into what they were made to be who they were made to be when you think about who you're made to be you know you're, so, you, I mean, I, I think cool to acknowledge too, or we haven't mentioned this yet, what, what you're currently doing, although what you do is not who you are. You know, we we, we actually talked about that already on this podcast with uh, uh, my brother, the very first episode and, and so forth. But um, like you're you're in ministry still now or you went back into ministry to some to some extent right yeah, uh, yeah and, and then you're doing a few other things but then also like part of this journey that you just talked about like the dreaming side again that the lord is uh, uh, reawakening in you like what do you see is in front of you in this next season of your life that that you're walking into stepping more into who you were made to be just give me a snapshot of that and what's what's getting you excited about that yeah i think so I start next next month uh, a master's in psychology for counseling, uh, Bro, clinical counseling. Coming from a dude who got <laughs> a skinny three credits of junior college after like no, a couple skinny. semesters, it felt like. <laughs> skinny. Dude, I love that. I love only, that. Only God would get me to go back for more school. Yes. First of all, the fact that I graduated with a college degree is wild in itself. But so that all that to say, once God will do some incredible things. Um, but yeah, I'm and so the goal is on in some track or another to step into the counseling realm. Yeah. And I was actually beginning to pursue that ironically before all this mess even started. So it was just kind of affirmation yes. where I was able to get a front row seat to what I'll one day be doing and why I want to do it. And what excites me about that is uh, there are storms and these moments in people's lives where you can't see up from down. Things happen. And I feel like the Lord's anointed me to be a first responder, for lack of better terms, for people emotionally and in the mess of their lives, whether it's something that they've caused, a decision that they've made, 
and they need help cleaning up the mess or something that's happened to them. Um, I want to be, uh, through the help of the Lord, a stabling agent in people's life to let them know that God's, God's still in, in the midst of what they're walking through. And so if you're there out there, you're listening to this and you're somebody I knew from high school or whatever, and you're going through it, I'm not a professional by any means, but would love to encourage you yeah. uh, and just let you know that God's still got you. God still has a plan for your life. And um, the great movie, Green Street Hooligans, the movie about fighting, he looks at another guy who's about to get in his first fight and he goes, uh, you realize uh, once you get hit a couple of times, your glass isn't made of jaw, uh, your, your jaw is not made of glass. And so, that's kind of the truth of suffering of life. You get hit a couple of times, you're going to realize you're stronger than you think especially when you got the Lord on your side. So, yeah. 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 Amen. So good. Well, this next year, bro, we're in it, but you've got a, a baby to look forward to. Uh, I go. I think Chase is an, is a wonderful name of, bro. of victory, of success, of strength, of sexiness, of, of, a, of a good football team to actually root good. for. Good, uh, good football team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh but man i'm so pumped for you to get to be a dad i mean uh bro like my heart i just can't wait can't wait to watch you step into that and you're gonna crush it you're gonna just be the way the lord's forged you over these years you would have been a great dad right out of the gate but you're gonna be an even greater dad to those can't to wait this, to this little guy and and the, and the ones that that may come uh yeah and you and ellen are, are just incredible people i'm so thankful for and uh and a friendship that will it's lifelong for me you know and no matter where Heck we yeah. live no matter where we are no matter what we're doing career wise or whatever it's not built on that it's it's built on jesus you know yep. and that's that's what really does sync us up keep us together and i'm so thankful for that so uh thanks for Dude. joining me today i know this is going to encourage people thanks, man. when they listen thanks to for me. having me yeah love the podcast keep it going yeah love thanks it. bro well, there you have it. Episode five wrapped up. Thanks for listening. See you later.